Hello and welcome my fellow officials to the Art of Officiating with Joe Forte. Today I would like to talk to you about reacting to plays and processing plays as it relates to play calling. Also, I would like to talk to you about officiating tournament play. So we'll have two parts today. One will be our reaction to plays and processing plays. And part two will be officiating tournament play. The old adage, call what you see, see what you call, is very appropriate to reaction and processing of plays. During the season, I have seen way too many plays being called when officials are just reacting to contact. They see contact and immediately blow the whistle. They feel that they have to have a quick whistle on these plays. So often, the offensive player, when he receives marginal contact from the defender, will drive the basketball to the basket to score a goal only to have it taken away by the reaction of the official because the defender might have had a hand on the offensive player when he made his move to the basket. Gentlemen, that is not good officiating. You have to understand that the game has contact to it. The obvious thing is, and what makes you successful, is being patient when you see the contact and process it. Don't just merely react to it. Now, there are plays, as we've talked before in prior podcasts and episodes, that you have a quick whistle. And these are plays usually around the perimeter. You know, the offensive player catches, receives a pass, makes a move, picks up his pivot foot before the ball leaves his hand on the dribble. It's a travel. I mean, it's not, there's nothing to process there. You see it, you react to it. Offensive player is coming down and he palms the ball. There's nothing to process. It's easy. It's obvious. You just make the call. Those are quick whistle plays. Okay, the jump shooter goes up. He gets hit on the elbow. There's no processing. You see it. You react to it. You call it. But it's the majority of the plays in the game that we are reacting to and penalizing the defender on marginal contact. Offensive player cuts through the lane and there's some contact. But he's not dislodged. He's not rerouted. He receives some contact. He plays through the contact and he goes to wherever his designated position is to be.
without any interruption. But no, we have a whistle on that play. Because so often you're told, make sure the cutters don't get rerouted. Make sure the cutters don't get dislodged or impeded. Well, that's true. You blow the whistle when they are rerouted. You don't blow the whistle when they continue on their line. And these are the plays that put good players on the bench. The lead referee sees contact on a drive from the weak side, slot side. The offensive player created all the contact. The lead official calls across the lane, calls a foul on the defender, and it's not a foul. The offensive player created all the contact. You have to discipline yourself to understand what is illegal contact and what is legal. Just don't react to contact. Because when you do, most of the time, you're going to get the play call incorrectly. When it relates to plays to the basket, don't be calling out of your primary area on something that you believe to be a foul when the offensive player created all the contact. We, and I believe, that we get too involved with having a quick whistle that we forget to process the play. We, in, instead of seeing it, processing it, and then reacting, we just see the contact and then we react. You can always come up with a late whistle. It's not going to hurt you. It's like when you're playing golf and you have a putt, okay? We get so focused on making the putt that we forget the process. We forget the line, the speed. We're so focused with getting the ball in the hole that our attention is on the hole instead of the route that the ball is going to take to get into the hole. If we focus more on the route and the speed of the ball going to the hole instead of looking at the hole and putting it, then we will make more putts. It's the same thing in officiating. If you see the entire play, start, finish, right? Then you can process it and you can make an intelligent call. You have to understand the consequences of your whistle. Marginal contact is contact that does not hinder an opponent from making 
a normal offensive or defensive movement. Okay? It, in, it occurs in all aspects of the game. It occurs in rebounding, hand-checking, plays to the basket, post-play. The whole game, you are going to have contact. And you're going to have to make a decision on whether this contact is illegal or not. We referee in the gray area. And I want you to think of something. We talk about if the contact is marginal, then we're not going to have a whistle. I would like for you to think of it as advantage-disadvantage. You see the contact. Was there any advantage on that play? The defender gain any advantage by his contact? No. It's not a foul. If he did, then it is a foul. So when you see a play, think of it in terms of disadvantage, advantage, marginal, or you look at it and you just say to yourself, hey, there's nothing on that play that, that needs a whistle. Sure, did the defender have his hand on the offensive player when he made his move to the basket and the offensive player blows right by him? You're going to have those plays. Those are plays that you don't want to be calling because of a couple of reasons. One, you're putting a foul on a player. Could be a really good player as well. Could be a second or third. Now he goes to the bench. And you're taking away scoring opportunities from the offensive team. So you have to understand the consequences of your whistle. You see? And as I look at more and more games... I see that we have this knee-jerk reaction to calling plays when the contact isn't significant enough to warrant a whistle. And if you just think about it, as you're refereeing, and if you're concentrating in your primary area, and you're seeing the contact, and you're processing the contact, you're going to be a better play caller. And the games are going to go a lot better. And you're going to have better players playing the game. Because when you think of a college team, it's not like the pros. When you think of a college team, they might have, you know, one really good player and another pretty decent player. But most college teams aren't deep on the bench. So when you start putting fouls on good players that are not fouls, you're hurting that team. So you have to you have to have some awareness of that. You also have to have an awareness of the overall game. And when you look at a game, it's basically Six stages of a game. The first 
stage is the start of the game. It's usually where we set the tempo, we referee the guidelines, we set the tone of the game. But here again, it's not the stage of the game that we have to go out and call marginal contact just to set the tempo of the game. Setting the tempo of the game early is, means that the three officials are seeing the same game and we are allowing marginal contact not to be penalized. Then we have a nice flow to the game. Then there's stage two, which is usually late in the period when the subs come in. And you have to be aware of the matchups. You have to be aware of the impact that the subs are going to have on the game. Team could be down by eight or nine. And now the coach decides he wants to go up-tempo. So he brings in some players that have some quickness and get, get up and down the court and can shoot it. We do not change the way that we refereed in stage one. Same with if the subs are big, strong, physical players. Because the coach wants to change the style of the game. He wants to get it more physical. So he brings in some physical players. We do not change from what we did in stage one. If you are allowing post players in stage one to play and have somebody contact, but the contact was not illegal, you have to stay with it in stage two when the subs come in. It's simple. Stage three. That's when we usually finish out the half. And you finish out the half with good, solid play calling, common sense, and you're managing the game. Then we have stage four. Stage four is basically stage one. Start of the second half. You have to have the same mindset that you did in stage one. Then we get to stage five. This is the part of the game that if we're not careful, we can really screw up. Everything that we did in stage one, two, three, and four can go right down the drain if we're not cognizant to what's going on in stage five. Stage five is late in the game. This is where a team that's behind has a mentality of do and die. They're going to do whatever they can to get back into the game and take the lead. Get more physical, trap, double teams. You know, be aggressive on the boards. We cannot change any of what we've done. And then we have stage six. 
Stage six is you finish out the game. If a team's up by 20, do not take the last couple minutes off. You never know what's going to happen. You have to finish out the game. So, to recap, let's be smart in our play calling. Let's know the difference between marginal and illegal contact. Let's not blow out of our area on marginal contact. Process, process plays. Advantage, disadvantage. And I think if we all do that as a crew, not that I think, I know. If we all do that as a crew, we're going to be really, really good. Now let's go into tournament play. This is that time of the year now. Tournament play has started. Now, you have to understand basically what's at stake here, okay? Teams playing for championships, teams trying to get into tournaments, teams trying to advance to tournaments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is uh, the important time for the teams and the coaches. You know, you have a last place team in the tournament. They're trying to win it. So they're going to go out and they're going to, play as, as hard as as possible to, to try to win a tournament. Tournament officiating, people can say what they want to. It's different than the regular season. That's just my opinion. Okay? We really have to be good in tournament play. I mean, we really have to be good during the season as well. But in tournament play, you have to have a total awareness of what's going on. You have to be knowledgeable of team fouls, timeouts, uh, personal fouls, game management. It's important because every play now that you have and every whistle now that you that you blow, you, you know, you, you got to be right. You got to be right on your no calls. You got to be right on your calls. So tournament play is great. It's exciting. But you have to understand that you can't have a whole bunch of marginal plays. You can't have it. You can't have let allow them to get too physical, but you gotta be really sharp because this is it. Do or die, right? They win, they go on, they lose, they go home. So, so you want to be really good, and you have to take your game to a higher level. You have to be more in tune to what your partners are calling. Everybody has to be in tune to what their partners are calling. Everyone has to be ready mentally and prepared for that tournament game. Sure, there's going to be a lot of anxieties, going to be a lot of emotions. You cannot get involved with the emotions of tournament play. Usually at the beginning of a game in tournament play, teams are going to be a little nervous, and it's amazing because... When they come out and, and, and start to play, the adrenaline's flowing, and you really don't know what kind of game you're going to have. One team could come out, and they're going to be really hot and just make everything. Then the other team comes out, and they can't make a shot. Or you have two teams coming out, and they can't make a shot. You see, so you, you're, you, the, the beginning of the game is really important because you got to be able to referee it. And if you have two teams that are coming out and they can't put the ball in the ocean, then you're going to have a lot of rebounding plays. You're going to have some physical 
contact plays where you're going to have to be really good to make good, solid decisions on that, on those plays. So tournament play is really fun. All I can tell you is it's the highlight of your year. Referee it well. Do the things that got you there. Use a little bit more common sense. Have some real good game management. Understand the emotions of the players and the coaches. And handle it accordingly. And I wish all of you the very best in your tournament officiating. Our next episode, we will be dealing with, and I have a special guest coming to talk to us about summer training programs, camps, and how referees can prepare themselves for camps, what they need to do when they're at camp, what camps that they uh, should select for their training during the summer. So it should be a really good uh, deep in, deep dive into the camp situation that all referees go through during the summer. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your donations. Thank you for helping us to keep our podcast at a level of high excellence. And it's only through your donations that we are able to do this. I thank you. I wish you the very best. And may all your calls be the correct calls. Good day.